0: Seated at time. Good morning to the precious talmidim of our prestigious Megan David Yeshiva High School, boys. This morning you are experiencing history. That we are in the presence of what we consider and all consider one of the Gidolei Yisrael, the great rabbis of our generation, Gidolei Hador. our master and teacher, Hakam Yaakov Moshe Hillel Yishmereu Ha'el. This is the greatest privilege and the greatest honor for our yeshiva to host this great sage. Few people in history have accomplished what our great rabbi has done. Our great rabbi, first and foremost, is a teacher of Torah, all parts of the Torah, from the simple interpretations to the deepest interpretations of the Kabbalah, and a master of what we hold in this yeshiva most important, the study of Talmud. The rabbi is a master of that, and he teaches it in Shi'urim, throughout the world. He has many admirers in every country and many, many Talmidim, I am considered one of them. Although I don't get a chance to learn with the rabbi in person as much as I would love to, but through his Sifarim, and through the different classes that we catch, they are mind-blowing, and so eye-opening. The rabbi, as well, has one of the biggest networks in the world, in Eretz Israel, in almost every city, teaching Torah to children from when they're young, all the way till they get old. This is a network that does not exist and might not have ever existed. That's why it's so rare to see a man that is so accomplished. And at the same time, our rabbi is so humble and so accessible. And he comes to us into our community. And even though everybody's tired and everybody's busy, the rabbi is never too busy in order to come to what he considers the most important the students of our time. I know that there's a lot of talk today in the news about kings and queens. I want to tell you what the Gemara says about kings. Hakamim say the following, Man Malcheh, who are the true kings? Not Charles Third, and not the Queen Elizabeth, with all due respect. Hakamim say, Man Malcheh, who are the true kings? Rabbanan. We are in the presence of a king. This is monarchy you're seeing here today. This is over here a majesty of a line of great, great tzaddikim. And therefore, when you're in the presence of a king, you ask me, where's his crown? He wears the most important crown of them all. It's called Keter Torah. And the Keter Torah is the most prestigious and the most expensive and the most valued of all crowns. And therefore, when you're in presence of a king, we must show the king malchera banan the utmost reverence and respect. So I will ask our students to please rise as we call man malchera banan Acham Yaakov, the great Rosh Shiva Gadol to come address our yeshiva. Baruch Haban beno.
1: I thank... Um... Rabbi Mansur for the kind words of uh, introduction and I want to congratulate him on taking on this very outstanding project of being the uh, the, the Rabbi of this yeshiva the head of the yeshiva Baruch Hashem this yeshiva Magin David has a history in the community it's produced generations of all the good people in this community. And obviously the community has branched out, there are more options, more yeshivot, but this was always the core of the community. We have to know how much we have to thank Hashem that we are part of the Syrian community of New York. Other communities who came to the Americas, North, South, or Europe, they've all disappeared, they've all assimilated. And this community, the Hachamim have guided you all to remain united, to remain connected always to the love of Torah and the love of Hachamim. And and this has has developed into what we see today, uh, a community uh, like um, exploding like a uh, atomic reactor with all these wonderful souls of students, of young men getting married and building Jewish homes and the young ladies who live in the community and to every one of them it's precious to be here it's dear to them and we have to thank Hashem every minute, we're part of it all and that we can enjoy all the foundations that were laid on our behalf to carry on. The time is short, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'll just tell you a little story to open up. When I was a boy your age, I was learning in the of Yeshiva in, uh, in England. And uh, the rabbis there told me, Yaakov, you have to become a Rosh Hashiva. I said, me? I, no, uh, I don't see myself there. I'm not, uh, I'm not such a genius. I'm not so learned. Uh, you, the generation needs you. You have to become a Rosh Hashiva. Okay, somehow it came, came true. Of course, uh, we had to invest a lot of our, all our years in studying and teaching and all, but uh, somehow we made it. So what do we learn from here? We learn from here that every one of us, every single young man here, can aspire to greatness in this world, in any in any area. And always to retain the, the community's blessing of adhering to Torah, and, and having time for learning Torah, and maybe becoming hachamim and rabbis, in the community or to light up the world with the Torah. What's it all about now? We're facing Rosh Hashanah in about a week. We're in the month of Rahamim, mercy, saying Srihot and preparing ourselves for Rosh Hashanah through repentance, checking our deeds, our actions to be perfect as we can in the keeping of mitzvot and beyond that, the refining of our character traits. In the Torah, the Hakamim say, as, as, as important as the mitzvot are, but if a person has the, the most beautiful tefillin and the most beautiful talit, and, and he may lays a beautiful table for Shabbat, if he doesn't refine his character traits, if he's an angry person, a proud person, a miserly person... Sometimes people behave like monsters with their talis and twilin. So that's not true Judaism. Judaism is about being good people. I'll tell you a little story about one of the greatest sages in Am Yisrael. That's Rabbi Akiva. We see from the from the... Uh, Avod the Rabinatan, which is an equivalent to Pirke Avot at great length in, in the sixth pereh, the first section, they tell us Rabbi Akiva's story. We learn from that those few words that when he was very young, he learned in a Talmud Torah, he went through the Tanakh When it came to going on to learning Mishnah and learning Talmud, he freaked out. He didn't want to continue. And we don't know any reason why. And then when he was at the age of 40, he was a shepherd. And our rabbi say he was an Amaaret. That means an ignoramus. Not a very nice title. He was an ignoramus. 40 years old. And then his boss's daughter met him, Rahel. That's a decade. And she sh- saw in him good potential and good qualities. And she said, if you go and learn, I will marry you. Her father disowned her. He was the richest man in Israel, a multi-billionaire. And, they, and, uh, you know, and she sent her husband to learn. It's a long story. Eventually, after 24 years, he came back home. <laughs> We don't know how it was, he was visiting from time to time, he had his wife and family, but he came home. With 24,000 students, great hakamim. students we say. It doesn't mean that, I mean, no insults meant. it's not students like us in Magin David. These were all Tanaim, the greatest hakamim of the generation, his students were. we'll keep it short Rabbi Akiva attained the greatness that the Gemara tells us in Menachot that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to receive the Torah so so Hashem showed him the generations to come and, and he's showing him like Rabbi Akiva saying a shiur and Moshe Rabbeinu was listening to the shiur he couldn't understand and he said, "I don't understand. If you have such a great hacham like Rabbi Akiva, why are you giving the Torah through me? He's much greater than me." Hashem told him, Don't, don't ask too many questions. That's I know why you are Moshe Rabenu and why he's Rabbi Akiva." How did all this happen? How did it start? He was, our rabbis tell us, he was a shepherd and he took his sheep to a spring of water and he he was looking at the water falling on a stone and penetrating a hole in the stone. Year after year, water penetrates. So he thought to himself, wow, if." Water, which is soft, can penetrate penetrate a stone, which is so hard. For sure, the Torah could penetrate my heart. The Torah is hard. You have to smash your brains over it. Everyone knows the rabbi mentioned learning Gemara. You have to literally smash your brains over it. It's hard. But and and um, and on the other hand, our hearts are soft. So, if, the, if water can penetrate stones, Torah, which is hard, can certainly penetrate my heart, which is soft. And he went back to learn. And then he became the great Rabbi Akiva. The, the, the Midrash says he went back to learn. From this we infer that when he was young, he did learn. There's another proof. When he saw the water penetrating the stone, he said, Wow! How could it be? It's impossible. So they told him the other shepherd, "Don't you? You, you weren't heder, You weren't Talmud Torah. You know the Avanim Shahakumain. Uh, stones can be cut or filed into by water. The pasuk, and that you did learn. Okay, he went back to learn. Started out of bed, grew and grew and grew." till he became the greatest Hakam of the Tana'im, the leader of all of Klal Israel. So I want to try and understand, why did he leave initially? He was in the, in the Talmud Torah. He should have gone on to it, Shiva, further. Why did he leave? He thought, we can infer from the words of the Midrash. he thought that Torah is something in the, in the intellect alone. It's a great wisdom, the wisdom of God, But it's all in the intellect. They have deal, like Greek wisdom. They were great philosophers, even in matters of divinity, of God. Great philosophers. But their lives were like wild animals. Animals. Wicked, immoral, bad people. We know stories written from that generation about Aristoteles and and that level of... Greek philosophy, philosophers of what a low level of morality they were. So, why? Greek wisdom is all in the intellect. It doesn't go down. It doesn't change you as a person. It doesn't penetrate your heart and doesn't go further down as well. So, Rabbi Akiva taught Torah is also, it's all questions and answers and proof and And arguing and discussing, it's all in the intellect. It doesn't change you as a human being. If so, I'm not interested. And he left. When he saw the water penetrating in the stone, he understood the Torah can penetrate his heart and change him. The Torah doesn't remain in the mind. It goes down into the heart and penetrates the heart and changes us to be good people, to be good-hearted to have good character traits, to be considerate of others. People think, oh, I do mitzvot, yes, talit, tefillin, I pray, I keep Shabbat. Do you know how many mitzvot you go out of this door, you see someone, and you smile. Do you know what a mitzvah that is? Unbelievable mitzvah. And by the way, it could be that this guy, you smiled at he was in a very low point in his life, He's devastated, he's unhappy, he's hang- angry, and I don't know what he could do. You smiled at him, you changed his life. Any little thing, how much more of if you give advice to a friend, good advice, or you guide him in the right path, whatever. Torah is about Hasid, it's about good character training. So some people say, Yeah, I get on with the whole world, everyone loves me. The problem is my wife. You know. But he doesn't realize that at home, that's where the real work has to be. So when you're learning in Yeshiva, you're learning halachot, you're learning Gemara, you must also work on your character traits to prepare yourselves to be good husbands, good fathers, and good community members, good people. And that's what counts. The Torah penetrates our hearts. One more story and i end with this. The Zohar, in Bereshit, I think, page uh, 98, the Zohar tells us a story. Rabbi Hiya, he went around his town announcing, who wants to be rich? Who wants to have a long, happy life? Come and learn Torah. So that was a, you know, very high-level PR. Many, many people came and joined the yeshiva to learn Torah. One of them was a young guy called Yossi. So Yossi came along. He told the rabbi, I want to be rich. You promise me I'll be rich? He said, Yeah, you'll be rich. Come and learn Torah. So he learned six months, a year, and nothing changed in his life. The rabbi saw him crying. He said, Yossi, why are you crying? So he said, You promise me if I learn Torah, I'll be rich. I've been learning for a year, and nothing changed in my situation. I'm very poor. So the rabbi was angry with him. He thought... After you've tasted the beauty of Torah, you see how wonderful, wonderful it is to learn Torah. Now you're talking about uh, on money. You want to be rich. He wanted to kick him out of the yeshiva, to put it mildly. So, um, but then he heard a code, a divine voice, voice telling him, "Let him be. He's going to be the gadol ador, and tell him that he's going to be rich." Okay. The next day, some guy comes in. Must have been one of the Syrians from this community. And he opens up a chest and took out a, uh, a diamond-studded goblet of gold. And he says, I have hundreds of these. I have ships. I have land. I have all the wealth in the world. But I don't know how to learn Torah. I want to have a partner in learning Torah. He's and Arrange me one of your students. I will give him money and he will learn. Okay. So Rabbi called called Yossi and said, this is the down payment. He gave him this golden cup with the diamonds. And, and now you're happy. Okay. So he sat down and learned. And then it says something unbelievable. Really unbelievable. It says, one day, A'il Hamidu Deoraita Bime'oi. One day the beauty of the Torah hit him in his guts. Boom! And he started crying. So the rabbi saw him, Rabbi. Rabbi, Rabbi, yeah. What are you crying about? You're learning Torah, you're rich, everything. He said, I don't want any of this. Call the guy back, give it all back to him. I only want Torah. I only want to learn Torah and enjoy the beauty of Torah. Even so, I'm going to be his partner forever. He is my, where I say, forever? But money, I don't want at all. I only want Torah. So this rabbi grew up to be the famous Rabbi Yossi ben Pazi. Pazi means like a golden goblin. This was this rabbi we see in the Talmud always, Rabbi Yossi ben Pazi. So what is the significance of the, of the beauty of Torah hitting him in his stomach? I mean... If someone says a stupid idea, they say uh, "Svarota keres." He's speaking from his stomach, not from his brains. So, it, uh, what is the Torah doing in his stomach? The stomach represents the lower part of the body. The lower part of the body represents, uh, uh, though, you know, our way in this world, looking for for physical enjoyment, for f- eating food, and etc. etc. When, when the Torah goes all the way down from our brains to our heart, we're better people now, and then all the way down to our stomachs, and there we see the beauty of Torah, that's the highest level you can get to. Meaning that the whole physical world, the whole material world, for you, is zero. Which is the truth. It's all zero. I'm ending with the last little thought. When you are a guest at someone's house, you have to say Berkhat Aorea. It's in the Gemara, the wording. And we bless the host with O'sher uh, meaning wealth and honor. So wealth we know, wealth means lots of money. Okay. What's kabod? Kabod is any real honor. Well, we need people to stand up for him or give him honor. Give him the best seat. uh, Big deal. There's a lot of fake honour in the world. People give. If people honour, they hate them. Doesn't make a difference. So why do we bless him with wealth and honour? So I explain like this. Honour means we're blessing him that he should have a good wife. His wife should be good. Unfortunately, there are women all over the place. We wish all of you, when you get married, you're going to have Nesot hayl, wives who are faithful to their husband and good for their children. That's eshet hayl. That's the concept of... of uh, and good children. So if a person is a billionaire, but his wife is all over the place and his children have nothing to do with Torah and mitzvot there's no kavod the only kavod the people laugh at him the only kavod in this world is if we have a good family so we want to bless you all you grow up to be stalwart partners in building up this wonderful community continuing it lighting up the world the first ever time I visited Charizun and I spoke I spoke to the same community I said the pasuk. it was Hacham Yaakov Asin was there I said the pasu Ohev Hashem Sha'arei Tzion Mikol Mishkenot Hashem loves Sahare Zayn more than all the other synagogues in the world. So what does it mean? So I gave the explanation. How do we know Hashem loves the people of Sha'arei Zayn, this community? Mikol Mishkenot Yaakov, wherever you go in the world, you see this building was donated by so-and-so, and this building by so-and-so, and this building by so-and-so. The names of the people of this community are all over all the buildings in Israel and other countries. So, from the buildings in all the countries, we see that Hashem loves this community and blesses them with success and happiness. Shana Tovah,